everybody and welcome back. I am the Bull and this is See the Bull Ski, the podcast where I talk about leadership, followership, resiliency, and wellness. For those returning listeners, thank you so much for taking the time and supporting the channel. I also want to thank any new listeners that I may have. Again, thank you so much and please make sure to follow to get all of my latest updates and please also share this out to someone who you think might get something out of it. I missed last week, I said I would, and I hope you all had a great holiday weekend. But we are now in September, so I want to start the month off by talking about a very sensitive issue for a lot of people. But it is a topic that I don't think gets near enough attention, exactly because it's a tough topic. And that topic is suicide prevention. Now, fair warning, you know, this is a tough topic, and I totally understand that. But I really believe that to address issues, we need to be willing to talk about them openly and be willing to help those who need it. So please stick with me. You know, I wish I could answer every single question that you may have, but I am going to try and pass on some information that you will find helpful. Now, you may not know, but September is Suicide Prevention Month. And aside from just being another person in this world, I'm also somebody who, you know, they work, I work in mental health and I've done it for well over a decade. And I've worked with and tried to help numerous people who've been struggling with suicide. So this is, you know, a particularly sensitive topic for me because it has been a part of not only my professional life, but also my personal life with friends and family. If I had to guess, you know, you've likely had some experience with suicide as well, whether it was you yourself maybe, or a coworker, or a friend, or a family member. And if you haven't, then you might one day interact with somebody who's contemplating suicide. But you know, no matter what your current interactions may have been like, it is always tough. Even if you work in this career that I work in, you know, and I'm trained to deal with this stuff and to help people who are suffering and struggling, but you don't have to be an expert to play a part in suicide prevention. So today I want to go over some basic information that you may or may not be familiar with. And I also want to try and leave you with some tips that can help you or help someone that you know to prevent something tragic from happening. So today, like I said, I want to talk about suicide prevention. Let's get into it. Now, suicide is is not new. You know, there's still a lot of information that is unknown, though, to a lot of people. And I get why many people don't want to talk about it. I mean, let's face it, 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 it's a tough topic. And quite often, a mindset that I've come across is, you know, I would never do it, or, you know, so-and-so would never do it. And while we all hope that it would never be something that we would do or something that we'd imagine those we care about would do, the sad truth is that I don't think anyone who completes or attempts suicide ever thought that they would or that any of their loved ones would, you know, try to do it or complete it. So, you know, just something to keep in mind is we don't think it'll happen until it happens. And it's better to be preventative because you never know what could happen. In 2021, it's estimated that roughly 24 people commit suicide per 100,000 people. And before you say, wow, that's low, it isn't low. And that's a mindset that is one major issue. One life lost to suicide is too many, especially when there are things that can happen to prevent it. You know, I, I want to understand the intent of the mindset. You know, I want I want to believe that it's they're trying to be positive by saying, you know, that isn't that much. But Frankly, it's just too easily for me to think poorly of people that say things like that. And maybe it's because I've worked with people struggling with suicide, but every single life matters. And frankly, if you can't agree with that, then I'm of the opinion that you just lack empathy on a level that I can't even imagine. Like these are people that we're talking about, like 24 out of 100,000, that's 24 people, right? Per 100,000, but that's 24 people. These are sons, daughters, mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, friends, husbands, wives, these are living creatures. Like these, these are people that are a part of our lives. 
And no matter what the reason is behind the actions, they're no longer with us, right? I, I really don't wanna bring down anyone's mood, but you know what? If I can change one person's mindset and bring attention that can maybe save just one more life, then that's success for me in some former capacity. And I hope you can also share that with mentality and passion for those in your life. Now, one of the common questions that I see and, and I hear a lot, I guess I shouldn't say I see it, but I hear it a lot is, why does suicide happen? And this is a really tough question, simply because we're all different. And as individuals, you know, and for some cases, there's no way to know why someone took their own life. But more often than not, there are, at least in my experience, there are some trends or indicators that can let you know something is going on with the person that you're worried about. When it comes to the suicide and the why, one thing I always try to remember is that suicide is the result. For some, suicide can be its own cause and result. And what I mean is for some people, if someone commits suicide, it's because that maybe they were suffering from depression. You know, that it, it, just, it just happens in some cases. Um, I've, I very rarely see that to be the case though. It may exist, but in most cases, suicide is the result. So knowing why somebody commits suicide or attempts suicide is extremely important so that as a society, a work center, a group of friends, family, whatever, you know where to look for systemic issues that may be negative influencing you know, the health to the point where suicide becomes an option. Some of the more common or the most common influences that I've seen pop up year after year are occupational, familial, financial, and substance abuse. Now these aren't end all be all, but they are more common and the ones that I see over and over. So I'm gonna go over those today. But even that list by itself is misleading because occupational, for example, it's just a category that fails to adequately address the underlying factors within occupation, which at work, you know, they can be things like poor, poor leadership or toxic leadership or bad supervision, hostile or unsafe work conditions, poor work-life balance, task saturation, lack of accountability or burnout. If any of you have ever worked in any kinds of these conditions, then you know how bad they can be for your health, not just your mental health, but your overall health. And that's an important factor in suicide because when we as people are facing stressful times, our bodies go into fight or flight to maximize our ability to survive the threat. Under short bursts, our bodies do a relatively good job of surviving or balancing back out from those stressful times. But if you're consistently and persistently operating in that negative function, then eventually your body and mind, you know, they adapt. But what they adapt to is this negative new norm. See, humans are remarkably adaptive. And while it can help us adjust to good new things, good things aren't a threat, so it's easy to deal with. But bad things represent danger. And to function like that requires more energy. And without a reprieve, you eventually burn out. For some, it's when they hit this burnout phase that suicide becomes a viable option because frankly, they just want the pain or the suffering or the struggling to end. Now, there may be some people going, well, if work is so bad, then just leave. And for those of you that may have that stability in your life to just leave your current situation without any penalty or fear of putting yourself in a worse situation, that must be nice. But the, re the reality is that not everybody can do that. So again, a little bit of empathy and, and less judgmental. I'm not trying to attack anybody, but just understand, you know, you don't know what somebody may be going through and just try to understand that their situation is tough, but that fear of leaving into an unknown situation might make the problem even worse. Uh, secondly, you got familial stressor, stressors, which are another category that is tough to cover in totality because it can mean anything from abuse in a relationship 
trauma from previous family interactions that may be unresolved, uh, bringing work stress into the home, and really just any other kind of stress that is included in any kind of relationship, particularly in the family, which is a lot. And while in a perfect world, the people you surround yourself with are hopefully people that you can lean on and they can lean on you, sometimes the people closest to us are the most toxic and they're the hardest to separate from. Financial stress, you know, is kind of tied to family stress uh, quite often, as well as being its own category. Anyone paying any sort of attention to the world right now, right now with economics can see that financially, we're in a very concerning spot for multiple reasons. And I mean, it's estimated that 41% of workers right now, today, are living paycheck to paycheck. That's a lot of stress for families just trying to live and survive. Substance abuse is another common factor, and this is tough because for, for some people, they're using substances as a way to escape, and some are using it as a way to numb themselves out, or they're trying to self-medicate, or because maybe the substance has taken over their life. Whatever your feelings of substance abuse, like put that aside. You know, there are other reasons again, but again, these are the big ones that I've seen. Substance abuse is really tough, especially when it is being used to like numb yourself out or self-medicate because no one wants to live in constant pain. And unless you know what it's like to live that way, it can be really hard to understand what they're going through. I'm not trying to justify you know, the behavior or addiction, but I do want to understand it as best that I can so that I can help those people who are suffering or struggling with addiction. Because again, that can exasperate somebody that's going through a tough time and it can, it can exasperate the potential of suicide. Substance abuse, you know, also brings in other factors. Uh, in some cases, you know, the active use of substances, especially when you get into addiction like uh, alcohol, uh, significantly makes other things like anxiety or depression worse. You got to understand the whys of suicide. It's really important. But I think the general lists and metrics can only help to point, you know, they can only help us to a point because the people putting them together and they're writing the reports and doing the studies, they're kind of missing some crucial pieces of information that you know, only you and me can have. And that info is the awareness of those that are around us. I, I can only explain it like this. You know, like I'm a mental health specialist, right? So if I go into a new area that I don't work in and I talk to the people that work in that environment, uh, it can definitely help because it's putting a face to a name into a resource. You know, hi, here I am. Here's what I do. Here's how I can help you. Here's how you can reach me. But unless someone ends up coming you know, to talk to me or something like that, I'm never really going to know those people because I'm not a part of their active world. But there are people who are in that active world. And these are coworkers, friends, supervisors, managers, et cetera, et cetera. And they or you or me, you know, we're invaluable aspects to helping prevent suicide because we know each other. We know the people where we work, whose lives we're actively a part of, and they're actively a part of our lives. You know, you know the world that you're working in. You likely know the personalities around you, the likes, the dislikes, and just general information with enough familiarity about each other that when something seems off, you're able to pick up on it and hopefully engage. For me, this is a key aspect of central significance of suicide prevention. And it ends up creating this like cycle. Now, you have to take the time to get to know the people around you. And along with, the, along with that, you got to take the time to let people get to know you. Your ability to recognize signs and symptoms only works if you have you know, a knowledge of what a positive baseline looks like. To do this, you got to take the time to get to know the people around you. What are they dealing with? How are things going for them at, at work, at home? 
how do you get this information? Well, you start by creating an environment that facilitates healthy relationships where someone can end up trusting you enough to open up to you and potentially be vulnerable you know, letting you know that something's going on in their life. And you can only do that if you're in an environment where you feel like it's safe to open up. Saying things like, you know, you can come talk to me or I have an open door. It's not enough. The intent's good. I get it. But it's not enough because it puts more pressure on the person who's already struggling, who's already feeling stressful, stressed out. They're feeling threats. And you're asking them to make themselves more vulnerable and to hope and believe that you won't become an additional stressor. So what I think helps is by starting with yourself in any capacity that you work in, whether it's as a coworker, friend, subordinate, supervisor, whatever, and make yourself available and approachable through your daily interactions. Then you build up the relationships enough to get to know those around you or for allowing yourself to open up to others. So it flows both ways, you know, for when either one of you needs help. Once you've got that part started, it's got to be maintained and it's got to be tended to, which is a daily effort. And this helps with resiliency and wellness, right? It helps people to not feel alone and they're better, you're better able to support each other. Then as issues come up or changes occur, occur in behaviors or appearances, you notice more easily and you, you can more better check on those who may be struggling, which opens the door to tough conversations and in some cases, it helps the person that you may be worried about feel safe enough to open up to you and seek support in one form or another, or it allows you to feel more comfortable and open up to those around you. So it kind of goes both ways. Without that baseline though, you know, without that creating a healthy environment and getting that healthy relationship started, it can be almost impossible to see the signs and symptoms that could indicate that suicide is a concern. However, if you do have those, when you do have the baseline, then it becomes much easier to notice when something is off because you know the people and they hopefully know you. You know, some general warning signs include people who talk about killing themselves even as a joke, uh, talking about feelings of hopelessness, talking about having no reason to live, talking about being a burden to others, feeling trapped or being under constant pain. Behaviorally, you could see signs like increased use of substances like alcohol, uh, someone that might be looking up ways to end their life, someone who's withdrawing, someone who's isolating themselves. Maybe they're undersleeping or oversleeping. They're making goodbye comments and phone calls or text messages or social media posts. Uh, they're giving away possessions potentially, or they may be engaging in aggressive behavior that is outside of their norm. You might even notice that people begin to feel more depressed for longer periods of time. Uh, same thing with anxiety. Maybe they're losing interest in activities that they used to enjoy. They're being more irritable, constantly feeling shame or anger. And strangely enough, somebody that's having all of these signs and symptoms that abruptly just seems to be doing better. Now that last one can be a bit confusing because maybe the stressors just went away and you know they legitimately are better. But for some, it could be that they've decided that suicide is a viable option. And as strange as it may sound, for some people that are struggling, when they decide that suicide is the answer, they get a sense of relief that at least they have a way out of their pain, right? They have a way to get away from whatever is, is beating down on them and they have a way to escape, right? So they may end up feeling or presenting as though they're feeling better, particularly before they attempt or commit suicide. I know that can be a little confusing, but not knowing this stuff only risks you missing information that could save someone's life later on. 
Like I said, I, I think the best step to start real prevention is to know the people that you're around to the point that when they're acting different, you notice and you pick up on it and then you can start taking steps to help keep them safe. Now, there are dozens of models or programs out there about what to do if you're concerned about suicide and there's no way that I could really ever cover them all, but there are some simple ones that involve talking directly to the person that you're concerned about. Sometimes it's nothing and just talking to the person could be a false alarm and there's nothing to worry about. And I, I don't know if you'll ever really know for sure, but let's say that you talk to them and in this case, you're still worried, right? Well, then you tell them that you're worried about them and honestly ask them point blank directly if they're having thoughts about suicide. A lot of people are worried that if you ask about suicide, if you ask if somebody is feeling suicidal, that you're gonna put the idea in, the he in their head. But in my training and in my professional experience, that is just not the case. To be totally honest, in a few cases, me asking directly actually prompted the person to open up and tell me that they were thinking about suicide or they were having suicidal thoughts. It turned out that they only opened up to me when I asked because as soon as I asked them the point blank question, what it told them is that I understood what they were going through and that that sense of understanding they got prompted them to open up to me. It doesn't always turn out that way, but it has happened. In some cases though, you will talk to the person, you know, you still have concerns and you'll ask directly, but they're gonna say no about your, your asking about suicide and then you're still worried, right? What do you do then? This is when things can get a little tricky, right? What do you do? I wish I could tell you a for sure answer to any kind of scenario with every single person on the planet, but no one's gonna know for sure. My approach, personally, professionally, I'm gonna take whatever steps I need to take in order to make sure that the person is safe. If I need to call the paramedics, then that's what I'm going to do. If it ends up that I'm wrong and I look foolish and silly, fine, at least I know. Right? I've had a few instances where I was wrong and the person hated me for it, fine. At least they're alive to hate me. I've always had the the I've also had the opposite where I was right and thankfully I was able to help prevent something bad from happening. Me personally, I like to err on the side of caution and I would rather be wrong and look silly than be right, do nothing and find out that, you know, someone I was worried about and cared about, you know, committed suicide and, and they're gone. Recently, uh, there has been more attention to suicide prevention and one of them is the 988 crisis lifeline. All crisis really means is that someone is facing an intense time of difficulty, trouble, or danger, and the 988 lifeline is a number that you can call or text if you or someone you know is struggling with suicide or suicidal thoughts or ideations. Now, I plan on talking more about suicide this month uh, because there is so much to say and I wanna try and provide help and assistance to you and those that you might be worried about. The main point that I want to leave on is that there is help available and there are options out there for those who need it. Whatever your thoughts or feelings personally about suicide, and I need, and I mean this, I need you to understand something very basic. When we interact with someone that's facing suicide, it is not about us. It is about helping that person, period. Put all of your opinions, your feelings, your points of view away and focus purely on helping save that person. Belittling somebody that's struggling to just or justifying your own hardships, it only serves to make the person feel less valued, less appreciated, and it can lead to them feeling more hopeless, helpless, burdensome, which are three major aspects when it comes to suicide. So please, I'm seriously begging you, 
Take yourself out of the equation and be there for the person in the way that they need you. So I really hope that you take some time this month to really get to know those around you and also find people that you can open up to so that you know when either of you are struggling, you can help support each other and maintain those relationships. Remember, it's a daily function. Got to do it every day. Got to do it every opportunity you get. Every life matters. And I don't care how tough you are, how much money you make, what you've been through in life. Every single person has a breaking point. But we also deserve a little compassion, empathy, and support. Right? That is the only way that we are going to make it through life. So please help be the reason that somebody wakes up tomorrow and the next day and the next day. None of us can do it alone. But the good news is none of us have to. So I'm going to end it there. As always, thank you so much for listening. And I want you all to know, listening, I've said it before and I'm going to keep saying because I really do mean it. All of you, who, all of you listening right now, whoever you are, you matter. You are cared about. The world is not the same without you. It will not be the same without you. And I hope you all have a great week. Please stay safe. Please take care of yourselves. Please take care of each other. And I will check you out next time.